The Koi Gig Pod. I then had to then fake an injury because I didn't want to tell people that I was pregnant until the 12 weeks gone. That's, it's mad to think of really, it seems kind of archaic. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Jenny Claffey is with us because the Australian Open has started overnight. Jenny, how are you? Very well, thanks for having me here. Um, already pre-tournament, there was loads of stuff to talk about. And now that the tournament has started, there's plenty to talk about. Nick Kyrgios is out. Naomi Osaka is out for the year, it looks like, having a baby. Um, and Djokovic has called a press conference because we think he might be injured. We're still waiting to find out what's going on here. Well, hopefully we don't see that dropping like flies like Nick Kyrgios just pulled out there last night. was hoping for a bit of a spicy contention with him. This this Australian Open being at home, you know, in front of the Aussie fans. He was due to have a quarterfinal matchup with Djokovic if they both got there. So that would have been really exciting. Yeah, it'd be disappointing if we lose Djokovic. And, you know, the the well, he'd be playing for number one. Uh, he'd be trying to rival Nadal's 22nd Grand Slam so hopefully he's not going to withdraw he injured his hamstring I think so So let's see what happens the last three minutes there uh, Sasa Osmo the Serbian journalist who broke that news earlier this morning has just uh, tweeted pictures of Djokovic on a practice court Okay. so he has come out to swing a racket so he's a, being a bit dramatic <laughs> but you wouldn't, no he back, could no be back. testing it to see if he's match fit just yeah, like Kyrgios did but that's when Kyrgios is knocking about with Kakanakis uh, we won the doubles with last year and right. decided I don't want to play am I, am, I, am I doubting here but is there not like always a, oh oh I'm really sick I'm injured ah, and then he goes and crush someone is that not <laughs> he does actually do that you look at some of his matches those injury timeouts those questionable injury timeouts but at that level and the age he's at 35 in tennis terms that's kind of a little bit older he has to be so careful you know and at this stage of, of, of the, the season at the very start he probably doesn't want to risk anything you know yeah I mean he did the same in 2021 before the third round he didn't practice and everybody got worried I watched and he the- won it I watched the Williams uh, King Richard uh, Arantxa Sanchez Vicario pulling the trick of the she's getting absolutely hammered by Venus in Venus's first tournament it's like oh I'm injured and then 12 minutes later comes out and beats the crap out of her takes the toilet break for yeah the toilet break the toilet break rule is is definitely a thing that should be reviewed like how many times you see players going off at the end of sets and then they come back and then they steamroll their opponents yeah and the injury timeout, that's even more. The toilet, okay, you can kind of just. There's a cap that. on how long they can be in. I guess that you can't really limit someone in <laughs> if they need not. to go to the toilet. Injury timeout, I think it's three minutes. You have right. three full minutes yeah. on court and then they can go off for a certain amount of camp. Right. I'm not sure exactly how long that is. And then the toilet break, when I was playing, it used to, you used to have to be back under the 10 minute mark. But right. that's because the toilets were off site nearly <laughs> from the courts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that, that's a huge. That shift in momentum is massive at the end of a, t- a set. Yeah, Djokovic certainly seems to like to have that whole, obviously, the siege mentality that he has uh, managed to create for himself through multiple different ways. But that whole kind of, oh, I'm injured, it's me against the world thing seems to suit him very well. So I'm I'm willing to bet, I could be proved wrong in the next eight minutes before we go off air, <laughs> that uh, he, this is all manufactured nonsense and he's going to be f- totally fine. And when he's standing over the bloody corpse of whoever he beats in the final, it'll be like, oh, <laughs> what, we can play this tape at that point. My hamstring what? Let's assume he's fit. Who's going to win this tournament? Djokovic. Right. It is Djokovic's to lose, I think. You know, he's, on, he's on a mission. Since September last year, he is on a mission. He's won, I think, 26 of his last 27 matches. And he's, he hasn't lost in Australia since 2018. He's almost as comfortable in Australia as Nadal is in the French Open. He's going for his 10th Australian Open. I think it's yeah. his to lose. Does the weight of the numbers get to... I'm sure Djokovic doesn't really care, but to match Nadal's 22 Grand Slam singles, like, 
I'm sure it's on his brain, but he doesn't seem like someone who uh, would get too worked up about it. Yeah, well, he actually was asked in press a conference during the week um, how he felt about that, and he said he wants to be known as the greatest tennis player. So that I'd say it's is. all he cares about, Shane. Yeah, to be well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he doesn't get nervous thinking about the fact that this is to level Nadal's record. Like he's not someone who lets that get the better of him, I suppose. Definitely not. No, he's so mentally tough. I think Djokovic, he he's just one of the best there is in that on that side of the game. That no, I don't think he lets those things phase him at all. I thought that's what exactly gets to him, isn't it? That he can't stand the idea of someone statistically being better than him. Because that's what, that's what drives him. Like Nadal hates talking about the Grand Slam record, even though he's leading it. He doesn't seem to have any public interest at the very least. But Djokovic, is the, every chance he gets, he talks about it. Well, maybe I should say that won't stop him. Because yeah. like, I don't think that's going to be the thing that stops him. He's going to surpass that, that 22 think, Grand Slams for sure. I said a 30, 30, 30 is his number. I definitely think he's going he's gonna to get to 30. If he can stay fit and stop feigning these injuries, yeah, he should be. All the more reason <laughs> to assume that he's going to play this thing. Uh, was Kyrgios a realistic contender or had we seen enough from his form over the last six months of last year? Like Kyrgios plays so rarely sometimes that it's hard to know if he was going to be good enough to win this anyway. Yeah, I had him as kind of a dark horse for the tournament. I wouldn't say he was going to necessarily contend, but, you know, I think he could have better results here than he has in, in previous years. You know, he had a great year last year, his best on tour. He seemed to be a little bit more up for it and, and kind of training better and more motivated. So we could have seen maybe better results from him, but I don't think he could have contended for the title here. As I said, he would have met Djokovic maybe in the quarterfinal. Yeah. And Djokovic is just a scary, scary player here in Australia. What do you make of their loving? Djokovic and Kyrgios. Yeah. Remember two years ago, uh, Kyrgios tweeted Djokovic as a tool when he was on about the <laughs> yeah. uh, quarantine uh, uh, request that he asked for the players and now two years on their best buddies. Do you buy it? Not at all, no. Well, what's I don't he, what's th- happening there as well? I don't know, is that for the public? Because they're definitely not going out for dinner, the two of them. <laughs> and they said they would after Wimbledon, after the Wimbledon final, but like... Yeah, no. If, if they went out for dinner, we'd know all about it, wouldn't we? It would be all over social uh, media. Yes. Yeah, but I'd say that's a publicity stunt for both of them, for popularity. Like, people are, are going to be looking to, to follow that if that mm. becomes a bromance, but I don't think that's based on anything real. It's a shame, curious because... Like, if it's a cyst they found in his meniscus. Like, that yeah. sounds really serious, and his, he went to the press with his physio who said... He's looking at Indian Wells in March for a comeback. And like he's probably all about momentum and if he doesn't play anytime soon, like might not see much of Kyrgios again. Yeah, they're saying he's gonna be he needs to go for surgery and that and he'll be off for February. As you said, like if he gets any any layoff, that could be it. He could be off focusing on other things back home in Australia that's not tennis. But I do think yeah. he seems to have a bit more fire in the belly since last season. But he just he's probably gone for that one grand slam so he can finally retire. Who can beat who can beat Djokovic? Like it's a massive shame that Carlos Alcaraz is injured, but you look at Rude and Sitsipas, like is it more a is it more a hope that one can beat them or is it is there an expectation that one of those players could maybe put it up to Djokovic on their day? Yeah, well, yeah, I think Nadal maybe in the final, the, yeah. those two will meet in the final. That could be a spicy matchup. But I have a contender. My contender for the men's side would be um, Felix Auger Aliazim, the guy we saw in, in break point. Yeah. He's the sixth seed. Um, he's a very good player. He's only 22. Again, coming in with great form. He's won 26 of his last 29 matches, won three titles at the end of last year. So he's really coming in fresh. Um, so I mean he could be somebody who could beat him he's got a game to play against the top guys he played Nadal in the French Open last year and mm. was two sets slow up against him <laughs> um, but lost that so he's had experience at that high level but I, I can't really see anybody else in that draw like there are guys to look out for but I don't think guys who are going to beat Djokovic What about last year's finalist Daniel Medvedev what's happened with Medvedev in the last year 
Yeah, since last year he lost in the Australian Open final again, two sets of up against yeah. Adal and has just fallen off the, the radar really there. He had his worst season on tour last year. Um, I think that match really impacted him that final because he had won the US Open the year before yeah. and was doing really well at a super season in 2021 and then since then he just hasn't been able to pick back up his his level. Isn't it mad how uh, winning one of those is supposed to be your breakthrough and free you from the psychological baggage of ever... But it, it doesn't work that way at all. It almost goes the opposite way. It adds more pressure then. There's more expectation. Obviously, then there's the media attention. There's so much that goes with those Grand Slams. We've seen it. How many one-time winners have we seen, especially on the women's side, mm. where then the pressure just gets them that it's so hard then to back it up? But even Dominic Team, when he won the US Open in 2020, yeah. talked about how finally it was such a massive relief was the overriding emotion that I finally won one of these things because of all the work he put in. And since then, Team's barely hit a ball. Yeah, well, he did get injured. He got injured, he but even the motivation him. when he came back, he said it just wasn't there. The hunger wasn't there. And he had won one, which makes you marvel at the likes of Serena Williams and can keep going. Nadal, who keep him doing it. Like, that's yeah, but these guys are training to win a Grand Slam. That, like those four Grand Slams a year, are the biggest thing, in the, the pinnacle of your career. And then, as you said, you get there, and then it's the relief. And then it's like, what more? You then have to get back at the bottom of the mountain and start climbing again for the next one. It's such a difficult task. That mental strength you need to have, and um, which we saw if we could get on that point of break point, how how the mental side of the game is just so so important. Um, yeah, I just think that like once you win a Grand Slam, it is that relief, and then it's like okay, it's your motivation. I've done it now. Does your motivation win then? Like I know Ash Barty won a few, but like retiring in her, her mid twenties kind of spoke volumes as to the mindset and the mental frailty that that is there for tennis players because it's such a tough sport to keep that concentration going even Kyrgios I think said if he wins a Grand Slam he's going to retire straight away you understand that yeah you can I actually read Ash Barty's autobiography there over Christmas and she was saying that she'd won when she won Wimbledon in 2021 was it um, that that she was ready to retire then and then her her team really kind of riled her up to Mm. say look try and play the Australian Open and finish at home and win at home and she knew that that was her last Mm. tournament and if she won that that was it like she what more could she achieve in the game and at 25 she retired like it's a it's a scary prospect 25 to be retiring and I've done all you can do really in the sport Mm. who's going to win the women's again I think it could be Iga Svantec going to be the woman to beat um, there, she might have a few more challenges though than Jockfish will face on the men's side uh, she's got a, a kind of a meaty draw she's in the side of Andrescu she meets her in the third round um, and then she's got the Wimbledon champ Rebekina maybe in the fourth round she's got a yeah. tough path to the final uh, Jessica Pegula could also be a, a challenge she's I think she? she's, yeah, third, third, she's third yeah. yeah, but she's also in Shiontek's half as yeah. well so I think whoever comes through between the Shiontek Pegula half is going to win the the, grant, the Australian Open and for people to look out for who's the Felix Auger Adiosim of the women's side for you uh, I think Coco Goff is my, my dark horse against Emma Raducanu now in the yeah, second round yeah in the round. second round yeah, yeah. and then Pegula is my contender I think. not your old friend Algebra yeah it's funny I, I don't have her backed for this tournament yeah maybe I was just a bit of love lost there yeah after. the rivalry still. I know yeah that well, rivalry's still hot I was watching her episode <laughs> in Point Break and oh my God. were you like oh yeah I know this woman I know her well like, yeah, I know her mentality across, I know is that what she like. was like And do you remember what definitely yeah yeah, the, the nice, the she has this lovely um, personality that comes across now. Definitely, she was only like 16. I was 18 when we played each other. So it, that wasn't there. There was that yeah. fiery teenager, hot-headed, like, yeah, athlete that she has obviously now, but ha- has masked that a bit more. But uh, yeah, no, there, she is still that nice. She was nice then and she's obviously lovely now. And from your own, like, from being on the tour yourself, what do you make of the documentary so far? The first five episodes of Breakpoint on Netflix? 
it hits home anyway it's very accurate the, yeah the, I think the, the show was brilliant for highlighting the psychological um, nature of, of tennis mm. and how mentally tough it is and the toll it takes on athletes and that constantly losing you know every week there's only one winner and you're always having to pick yourself back up um, and each week you know it's very lonely sport lonely place to be when you're out there and even you see in the show those guys have are surrounded by their entourage it's still not even enough to, to pick them back up Um but definitely hit home, yeah. Like I remember, it resonates the feeling of like when you lose and you're far away from home and you're on your own, and you're then going, okay, I've got to pack up my bag and then off you go again, another plane somewhere else, and then it's always that hope and aspiration that you're going to be the the last yeah. one standing at the end of the week. Um, yeah, it it really emphasised the, the the psychological side of tennis and how tough it really is. It's brutal. It brutal is a word to describe it. Yeah, it's brutal and how like you see you looking at those players and everybody I feel like can sympathise with them almost now and, and I'm sure it has won over you know tennis has won over a few fans like those guys with the, the two voices in your head there is that the angel and demon on your shoulder and in the heat of battle you're battling yourself mm. you forget about the opposition yeah. you're actually battling your own mind and in each and every one of the athletes we saw in Breakpoint that was a an issue yeah. and that there's such a fine line between like the fear of failure and the will to win <laughs> Like that's there for everybody. You don't want to lose, but you so badly want to win. I feel like it's no coincidence that Netflix are honing in on the individual sports like tennis and Formula golf, One yeah. and golf. Like just the, the mindset and the individuality of it. You, you've only yourself to blame in some ways, and you've only yourself to celebrate with in the in the good times well, as well. So, well, Maria Sakkari when she gets annihilated in the Indian Wells final against Iga Shantek, and then afterwards she's doing the warm down on the bike, and she just says kind of in a resigned fashion, it was like, in this sport you have to get used to losing, because you lose more than you win, unless yeah. you're one of the big three. And I was like, she's like and she's one of the best players in the world. Mm. And she, it feels like, watching her, she's like, I, I'm never going to be good enough for myself, for her yeah. expectations around me. There is that, like, that self-loathing they have. But, and, yeah, and, and, that's and, the word. Yeah, like, that's where it's so brutal. It's like, even if you are the winner at the end of the week, you know, you win, and it dep- that's amazing, it's such excitement, and then you have to pack your bags and go to another tournament. Yeah. You really never get, you suffer the losses far more than you ever get to enjoy the wins mm. in, in, in tennis and in individual sports. There's a viral clip already during the rounds, Rafa and Nadal warming up before the French Open final next to Casper Ruud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Nadal goes on to win 6-3, 6-3, 6 so in hindsight it looks like yeah he totally psyched them out but is that not Nadal just being Nadal? That is Nadal being Nadal totally like he does that for every yeah. single match but that, that stark contrast that though, like in the in the tunnel because people haven't seen it he's, he's sprinting in the tunnel and he's doing fake serves and he's like backhands to an imaginary ball and your man's standing there kind of going <laughs> he, Sharing that space very intimate space with his opponent yeah. in his first grand slam it's, it's the moment where he asks Casper goes oh, how long more left? Yeah. Roughly, yeah, yeah, that's roughly the speaking. telling point yeah. <laughs> around 30 seconds he's like, okay, Jesus that's right Jeff. The stark <laughs> contrast between the two of them though like but that's Nadal like, you'll see that he does it all the time but yeah Rude was so uncomfortable in that space like, uh, and then he gives a few like fakey shadow yeah. shots yeah, to be I like mean, I'm like, here too Yeah <laughs> uh, are you, but you, you, you're not called out and introduced to every game, are you? Like, was it extra long because it's the start of the final? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they do. They do call out the players on and on the big stadiums. Anyway, they call right. them out. Yeah, but probably that felt like the longest minute of Casper Ruud's life. Like, are they doing the introduction of all of the the staff, all of the lines people? They're introducing the final. Yeah, there's more. Probably maybe a little bit longer. But yeah. the players don't don't have to come out and wait for that lunch time. They can wait and stay in the locker room until yeah. I think they give however long. It did feel a little bit like a ring walk where this game's over, this fight's over, that guy's won, this this you know mm. this is gonna be a first round. In hindsight out. it's easy to look back. 
back at that and say, oh yeah, yeah he was going to kill well, him. Is there a player renowned, uh, to your knowledge, uh, of someone who tries to get in someone's head on the tour? Nick Kyrgios. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Kyrgios. Look, oh, you have to look back at Nick Kyrgios and uh, Tsitsipas last year in Wimbledon, yeah. how he was trying to just psych out the opposition. Yeah, I think Kyrgios plays a bit of mind games with his oppositions, definitely. Um and maybe Djokovic a little bit with his injury takeovers and, and mm. you know injury timeouts that he has no but I do think Kyrgios is definitely one that stands out to me the talking during the match even like yeah, this very loud speaking to the coaches and to himself it's very distracting and no other player does that yeah you know and that's mm. maybe his way of coping but that's the opposition isn't used to that either so that can psych you, uh, psych you out that, completely is that frowned upon or is that just seen as part of the game for players like Kyrgios well, because it's so unusual and nobody else does that it's kind of like tennis is such a respectful game it's almost unspoken that you don't act yeah. out like that but well, as I said whatever works for him but uh, I do think that if he carried on like that behaviour he was kind of in Wimbledon last year he won't get away with that for longer uh, Your longer. boy Usher Ali Sam lost his first at 6-1 but has won the second 7-6 um, with, with set in the third it's against one of his um, uh, Canadian Pops rivals. is still, yeah, he's, or, yeah, he's very good. That's a tough first round, actually. The, the um, Coco Goff and Emma Raducanu. So Emma Raducanu obviously had her own injury crisis and it did look like it was a real one, in fairness. And she won fairly straightforward um, in the first round. Like, it's a big, big year for Raducanu. You don't want to like lay her on too much, but like last year was a completely lost year. And the madness of the different coaches that they had, they were cycling through. Um, everything needs to calm down for her and she just needs to play tennis and... Yeah, I think this is a big year for her in terms of just getting back, like the love for the game and getting back competing and injury free and, and all that kind of media attention and stuff kind of hopefully that will have settled down because it's been a year and a half since she won the US Open and just let her, let her play her tennis. You know, she's a phenomenal tennis player at the core. Uh, so hopefully she's able to come into her form this year. And, you know, I'm not sure that she's going to be competing and winning slams again, but I do think that she could go further towards the latter end of the, of the season. OK, so don't expect too much just this week not yet no. ok alright good stuff thanks very much for that Jenny anything else do we oh, miss anything looking forward to this now what are your, what's your prediction Colin yeah. both sides um, I think Djokovic and Sviantec ok mm. safe bet I, I think it has to be like but it needs like it needs, it needs another star to come through it needs yeah. another star to come through I forget the I, I'm hoping for someone goes on a run basically Sviantec's only 21 I do think we yeah, need he's been around for years he's yeah, only 21 yeah and three, three grand sums already I think we need to look out for this guy Holger Rune on oh, the men's yes. side, he's the, uh, the Danish player. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's gonna be something else. And you know, we talk about rivalries in the future. Like, yes, we want to see Alcaraz Djokovic. I'd love to see this Alcaraz Rune. Mm. Uh, they're same age and play very similar styles of tennis. So I think that's gonna be something. He, he'll be somebody to look out for and a rivalry to look forward to. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 